Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo and Brian Farver. Are you two ready to grab some franchises out of the bargain bin and make them cool again? <laughs> Dust them things off. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Great. So for this week's episode, in honor of the big revival of the Ghostbusters franchise with Ghostbusters Afterlife, we're taking a look at some other franchises that have been dormant for a while and deserve another shot at life. And to help prove our point, the three of us not only picked franchises, but we're ready to pitch what we'd like to see happen in a new reboot, sequel, revival, whatever. Uh, And boy, oh boy, as is pretty much always the case, the three of us have gone in very, very different directions with our choices. (laughs) I don't think we'll be quite as contentious as our horror episode. No, (laughs) no, no. But I'm very excited to hear uh, all three of the choices here, Um, (laughs) at least reactions to them. It should be fun. But before we talk about why not all reboots are a bad idea, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, The Discourse, and more. And if you want to find... Wait, what? (laughs) Yellow stoners. Yes, and yellow stoners. Uh, if you want to find us, check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, anywhere else you find your favorite shows. Uh, and also, let's talk about your other podcast, your other other podcast, The Discourse. Who yeah. did you recently speak with? Benedict Cumberbatch. Who's he? Power of the Dog. Uh, you might know him as Sherlock or Dr. Strange uh, or Khan or, uh, you know, most know him from 12 years of slave, Khan. most, most recognizable from 12 years. That's of slave. true. That's probably where he's most known for. Yeah. Or and the, Patrick uh, Melrose. Yeah. Or Patrick Melrose or, uh, the weird cameo he did in Zoolander too. I think he's probably. <laughs> Was That's he right. in Zoolander 2? <laughs> oh, you got to check that out. No, I've erased Zoolander 2. Speaking of franchises, I've erased Zoolander and Zoolander 2 from my memory. Yeah, I'm proud well, of that. I think I'm going to change my pick to Zoolander now. Too late, too late. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. With that all out of the way, listen to Yellowstoners, listen to the Discourse, listen to all our fine podcasts, wherever you find Please. podcasts. So yeah. uh Let's set the stage for this discussion by talking about what inspired it. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife is the long-awaited sequel to the beloved franchise that's Mm. near and dear to the heart of one Brian Farver. Mm. Um, I just rewatched it today, guys. I did. Rewatch Ghostbusters? Yeah, the very first Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Okay. In preparation since I couldn't go to the screening. Yeah, yeah. We did all miss the screening, Um, but that's okay. We can see Mm. it with... uh, Brian, you're grunting over there. Yeah, well, I'm sliding myself. Uh, I think Paul Rudd once uh, said that when he, when it was announced that he was going to be in the movie, he said, I just slimed myself. So (laughs) I will repurpose that phrase right now. Okay, great. But yeah, so in honor of Ghostbusters Afterlife, since we're not going to talk about the movie, we're going to uh, talk about other revivals. Um, which are kind of a hot button thing right now. You know, you see things like Halloween getting uh, a reboot cool, Terminator with Dark Fate, the Creed slash Rocky franchise, Jurassic World, and even Star Wars The Force Awakens is kind of a reboot cool if you think about it. Um, And that film in particular kind of gets brought up quite a bit when you talk about uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, interestingly enough. Um, So in honor of the beloved, well, kind of beloved idea of a reboot cool, we're going to pitch three more. 
Um, Hooray! Yeah, and studios, listen up. Yeah, again, <laughs> we are we are free, and well, not free. We will charge money, but we have time, and we will gladly pitch these in a uh, boardroom. <laughs> Maybe not mine. Mine is probably going to get shot down pretty quickly for a variety of reasons, but we'll get there eventually. Um, but again, and, money money is to be expected from yes, from this. Yes. all of the money. All dump trucks of money. <laughs> um, but before we picked our, our things, we kind of set some ground rules because, you know, what deserves a reboot call? You know, we have to have some sort of foundation here. And so first off, the franchises we're talking about haven't been touched in at least five years. Um, again, because it's been five years since Ghostbusters uh, 2016. And second, these franchises don't currently have any other sorts of sequels or reboots in development to our knowledge. So these are, are primed and ready to go um, for us to pitch. Uh, so yeah, so to help justify why we want these to come back, we're going to not only just mention them, but we're going to try to give uh, some ideas as to what the studios can do with these. And so to kick things off, we're going to start with Brian, um, because I got to admit, when you told us offline what you were choosing, I was pretty shocked because I didn't know you enjoyed this franchise so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to hear what you have planned. So tell the folks what you've chosen and why. Yes. So that would be, uh, well, that would be 12 years a slave. Um, <laughs> oh, really think 13 we, years a slave. Is that where we're going? Need another stab at that one. Um, yeah. But no, it's, uh, it's the uh, films, uh, the two films of the, the very sh- uh, short-lived Kick-Ass franchise, um, Kick-Ass and Kick-Ass 2, and based on a comic book by Mark... Miller. Miller. <laughs> Miller. We talked about the mispronunciation a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but Mark Miller comic. And um, yeah, the so basic premise of the film and the and the comic is honestly, I I I I it's been a very long time since I read the original comic, which I only read because of the movie, but uh the movie um just about this teenage boy who decides to become a superhero. He has absolutely no superpowers at all. Uh, gets involved with this father-daughter um, team that's uh, much more, uh, I, I guess kind of, they have their shit together in terms of being being superheroes um, and go up against this mob boss. Uh, the actors who portray these characters kick ass. The, the main guy is uh, the Oscar-winning Aaron Taylor Johnson. You're going to confuse people by always telling people they've won Oscars when they yes. clearly have not. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is like when I heard his accent in Tenet, I was blown away because that's not his, is that his real accent? Well, yeah, I believe it's really much talks. closer than what it is in Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love Kick-Ass, the movie. Uh, he is easily the weakest part. That's not a here or there, but uh, the father-daughter team, like I mentioned, uh, Big Daddy, um, who's kind of this, I guess you could say like kind of a Batman type character. Kind of. Uh, He's Batman. Yeah. Uh, Nicolas Cage, who I thought completely killed it. And then um, in the, I think the first time most of us saw her, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz as um, his daughter, uh, Hit Girl. And- she was also in uh, what was it? Five hundred days of summer. I think was her first. Was she kind of breakout? I, I know she was in Hugo as well. Was that around yeah. that time? I think um, it was. I think it was before Kick Ass. Yeah. Okay. Right so around then. It's it, it's basically this like 
you know, pretty violent film, uh, got a very, you know, dark sense of humor, but I just thought it was a delight. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, everybody says she's great. I agree. She's awesome. Her, her the, the, the language coming out of her mouth at certain parts <laughs> was ridiculous. Um, the, <laughs> the, the swearing, but I, I love, love kick-ass and the sequel. I think we can all agree. Mike, especially not as good. It's trash. You can say it's trash. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's really terrible. It's <laughs> I, I, okay. So even Jim I, I Carrey agree. shits the bed. Yeah. You well, see, no, Jim Carrey wait. disavowed the movie. He did. This very he was funny. like, yeah, I don't know what was going on, but yeah, when he publicly came out and was like, I do not support this movie. You're like, no. Oh. Um, yeah, very strange. But I, I did still find things that I enjoyed in Kick-Ass 2, maybe because I enjoyed the first one so much that I was looking forward to a third movie. I know it was talked about for a few years, but the original director, Matthew Vaughn, from the first movie, uh, he had since moved on. Uh, Jeff Wadlow, who uh, also known for, oh, what has he done? Didn't he do like, oh gosh. He was going to do an X-Force and- movie. That's right. Um, yeah, so he's part of the problem, but I was still looking <laughs> forward to another another film or a hit girl spinoff or something. And it's it's clear we're we're not gonna get that. We're, no, we're, no, we're not. Uh, I think I don't have the box office numbers, but I think the first one was a modest hit for being an R-rated mm-hmm. movie. And then yeah. the second one just completely bombed. And yes. and part of it is the, the the marketing was really bad, but also the the film is not good. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty rough. And, and they were pretty close together. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I think they were just a few years. Yeah, um, yeah. so they, they weren't waiting too long, but it just, it just didn't, it just, I don't know. It just didn't work. I didn't don't know. Matthew Vaughn go off to do, uh, X-Men. Isn't that why he didn't do kick-ass yeah, two? first class? That's yeah. correct. That is correct. Um, and what did Matthew Vaughn done before that? Didn't he do another Miller film before that? No, Kick-Ass was his first one. What about um, and then he did Kingsman later. And then he did Kingsman That's after. Familiar. Yeah. And now That's he's nice. been stuck in Kingsman land for, God, like eight years now or something ridiculous. Yes. Which yes. Very he keeps much making these films. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Yes. I, I still, I, 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 there's so much about these movies that I, I do enjoy, even the second one. Uh, again, I, I mentioned in the last pod that I love, love, love scores. Henry Jackman does a great job in both films. I just love Henry Jackman in general. Um, but if we were to do something yes. else, because pitch now, us, pitch us the new Kickass. Yeah. Yes. So these now you you have to help me here, Charles, because you are more familiar with the comics. Is he in high school, or are these characters in school throughout the duration of the comics? Uh, I don't know with the sequels because they did do multiple series, but I know it does start with him in high school, which is, I think the first movie is basically that as well. I mean, he's basically Peter Parker. Yes. So, okay. So now my first thought was you, thank you for saying that was Tom Holland for, uh, for kick-ass, but that would not work at all. And he's, he, (laughs) we can't just pull him into this, but I think like in terms of, yeah, from the, Spider-Man to Kick-Ass 3. Mm. No, but the dorkiness, because Kick-Ass is a complete dork, um, is is there. I think that Tom Holland has that part of Peter Parker nailed so well um, that 
he could bring that to kick ass, especially in terms of, I have to go back to Aaron Taylor Johnson's voice, the voice that he uses. Ugh. It's, I don't know. It, 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 it works, but it also doesn't work, but it still kind of, it's weird. It's to very say. nasally. It's very nasally. So that's why for kick-ass, I would probably go with a Jack Dylan Grazier or Ooh. Dylan O'Brien. Um, wow. And I would, Dylan O'Brien is in his 30s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's why I know he looks very young, aged up. But, you know, here's here's the thing. I would probably save Dylan O'Brien for the for the other character. Who is who did Christopher Mintz plus play? I'm not uh, saying the name. He was. Yeah, I can't say the name either. I just now saw it on, on <laughs> Wikipedia. Uh, but he is the son, for those of you who are listening, of the mob boss who, spoiler alert, is killed in the first movie. I think he died via rocket from yeah, kick-ass wearing a, uh, a rocket, rocket a jetpack like Rocketeer. when that happened. I just I was so delighted. Oh, what a great, <laughs> what a great! You might be scene. the only person that likes that scene. God, I loved I it. It, it was, I that, it. That, that was the contentious part of that movie is because it was so uh, kind of grounded up into that point, and then they just go full on jetpack, and people are like, "What?" They teased it like, oh, what? Like they 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 had placed the order for it. And he's like, oh, what's that? And then we finally see what it is later. It's like, yeah. of course it is. Um, okay, but, so yeah, tell us, yeah. Jack yeah, Dylan so, Grazier, I guess. I Jack Dylan Grazier. I would. I think he would. He would do fine. Um, so is this a and, complete reboot, or what are you thinking? Yeah, this is a complete reboot. Um, okay. Yeah. So we've got him uh, for Hit Girl. I'm gonna go with McKenna Grace. Um, oh. I, okay. I isn't she now, older than him? No, she, she's she's young. She's in the new Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah, but isn't she older than Jack Dylan Grazer? I feel like I think Jack Dylan Grazer is close to 18. Hold on while I look him up on <laughs> Wikipedia. Yeah, he's 18 years old. Um yeah. so I'm I'm gonna stick with those two. Uh at least for now. Are we but, telling the same story? We're we're well, yes, we're gonna tell the same story, but um that's why for the director i feel like how do we say his last name the guy who did john wick david uh yeah david leach um he i I think he could tap into the violence uh, a little better i'd like them to lean more into the the darkness the darkness of this this film that's what i want um i go back to the sizzle reel that um was created for a daredevil movie that joe carnahan uh put together <laughs> which was like ultra dark yeah uh, and that's something i like to see more for this because even though i love kick-ass so much um the movie almost like like physically looks like bright even the scenes that are at night or even the scenes that are like in some scuzzy warehouse where like that awesome scene where where hit girls trying to rescue big daddy and she turns on the strobe light those scenes are like a little polished and i guess you can give that to matthew vaughn yeah i mean Um, have you seen kingsman right exactly man the man loves his daytime fights exactly (laughs) so i and i think about what david leach has done and like um yeah john wick obviously deadpool 2 um, I thought it had kind of a, a rawness to it. Uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Yes. Didn't he do um, Hobbs and Shaw too? Where am I he dreaming? Yeah. He did. Um, did he do Hobbs and Shaw? I'm almost certain he did. Did indeed. Um, 
which again, that's that's the grittier side of the of the Fast and Furious. Is uh, it really? You know, I haven't universe. watched a lot that's of the more, the more recent Fast movies, but if that's the grid the gritty version, oh boy, I would call weakest it movie. This is weakest I wouldn't movie. call it gritty. Yeah. I think um, Deadpool two is fantastic though. I'll give him that. Yeah, and yes. Atomic Blonde is very dark. Plus, we'd get it, he's from Kohler, Wisconsin, which oh boy. the town itself is almost like a reboot of of Sheboygan in a way. <laughs> That's some deep cut Wisconsin jokes got there. Two people, people from Wisconsin to laugh there. Come on, sure. two people. And those two people are you folks. Yeah. Um, but then uh, so that's anyways, that's what I've got for the those folks for for Big Daddy. Uh, I might have you guys guess. Uh, Christian Bale. No, that's a good choice, though. Good choice. Um, I mean, there's no beat in Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage no, is so no, perfect. Masterful. No. Oh, my God. Because you get the the, oh, the John Travolta. father, not John Travolta. John Travolta. Um, I'll give you one more, and it is somebody that we would have to extract from, from Marvel. Oh, boy. Hmm. Not one of the big ones. We're talking second tier. Well, I mean, that narrows it down to about 45 people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Favreau? <laughs> uh, not Favreau. Favreau would have been a good choice. Favreau been, been very interesting. That's an choice, inspired actually. choice. Yes. I guess you uh, could say he is kind of one of the big ones, but... Uh, well, just oh, tell us. Just tell us. It's Sebastian Stan. I'm going to say really? Sebastian wow. Stan. Um, Tommy Lee himself. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and I say this because he can do... We, we see him do the badass with the winter soldier we've seen him play kind of this like uh i don't want to say like dorky but this kind of like unkempt like in i Tanya, he was yeah, like he's great in that movie yeah he's awesome and i but like that's kind of the the you know kind of the geeky side of of big daddy but then also and i i thought about this as i was watching the um the you know tommy lee pam anderson trailer today i'm getting the impression when I think about that scene where, where, where Big Daddy is is screaming motivational nonsense <laughs> during that strobe light rescue scene, which is peak Nick Cage, like that's yeah, Nick Cage, yeah, mm-hmm. unhinged. I, I feel like that's that Sebastian Stan has it in him somehow. I would love to see him doing something like that, and okay. not maybe not in that exact scene because again, this this would be a reboot. But um, I want basically overall. David Leach could bring us a more violent film. I think it could bring out something really awesome in these actors and especially Sebastian Stan. I, I just would love to see him as big daddy. Um, and, and I honestly, I don't know who could play um, who could play the, the Mark strong character. The, I mean, you I'm, could get anybody for that. You could, you could get anybody. <laughs> I, would, I mean, no offense I, to I Mark strong, Joe but Pesci that's for the hell of it. Yeah. I was I was tossing around Stanley Tucci to be completely Ooh, honest. I, I was like tossing that. around Tucci. <laughs> um, it's a little left field, but I also feel like he he would be very interesting um, yeah. in that. So that's what I've got. Uh, other than that, you know, the story, yeah, relatively the same, but just like keep some jokes, but tone them down a little bit. Just make it really like hyper violent. Hyper violent. Um, I like yeah. it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say though you mentioned Joe Carnahan. I wonder if he would be a yeah I would a solid that. choice. I I think Carnahan could do a fine job. Um, yeah, but I, I also want... think it shouldn't be just a reboot. Like it's so no. fresh still that I I'd, I'd be more personally more interested in seeing him now 
you know, like how many years later. It's not just, a bad idea. Yeah. Just kind of where those characters have developed. And I, I, yeah, I don't care to see another kid in high school, you know, figuring out. Well, but I think against that. No, I I think that I think you could have your cake and eat it, too. I would like to see a more gritty reboot and you can do flashbacks to like his early days and have it kind of recontextualize the first movie Mm. and Mm. then have double cast it. Yeah, well, I don't even think you need to do that. Well, maybe, but I would like to see Aaron Taylor Johnson because he is a, a solid actor who did just a really strange uh, performance <laughs> as Kickass. It's not bad, but it's just not really his wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so I would like to see kind of bearded, tenant-looking Aaron Taylor Johnson taken on uh, the the Kickass character again. You could even bring oh. Chloe Grace Moretz because she's matured quite a bit. Uh, with her roles like in Suspiria and stuff. Um, I, I like where you've where you've sent this guys. This yeah. this actually could work pretty well. This could and then well. have her a little psychotic where she still calls herself hit girl, but she's clearly like pushing 30. <laughs> I like man. it. A lot man, of daddy oh, issues. Lots of daddy issues. If we had to introduce a bad guy, a new bad guy, I would say just give it to Gyllenhaal. Just give it to <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Just give Gyllenhaal Little something Jakey to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. He loves to go over the top. So but still, David Leach. Can we at least agree on David Leach? I, I like David Leach. I, I am the jury Hard for me is still out on David Leach because I think he's really good at action. But I'm curious to see what he does for because he's got Bullet Train coming up with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I want to see if he does something a little darker because I, I worry that agreed. Um, he may be turning into a, like a Justin Lin, James Wan type. Um, which is kind of a bummer from the guy who helped really successful. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) What? (laughs) I just asked if you meant he's really successful. Well, no, but those like kind of four quadrant PG 13 action movies. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, Yeah. So thank you guys. I I like that idea that it, that does take things in a direction that I wasn't expecting. And that's why we do this. (laughs) <laughs> off of each other i think uh like- i i think kick-ass kind of was uh, a little too soon in the grand scheme of things um mm-hmm. the first one came out and marvel still was not quite where it is now i think the second one was like what like 2013 or something it's been a minute yes um and and i mean think about where the comic book movies have grown since 2013 even um if they do a, a sequel where it's the older characters can they call it kicked ass? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 They probably would, or they would just do the whole like, you know, force a three in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Looking at the cast here, and this is interesting that Dexter Fletcher was in that. Um, yeah. I didn't know oh, that yeah. guy was such an actor director. In to being Dexter a director, too. Well, he's um, he's really kind of uh, tone down the number of roles he takes um, because yes. he's focusing on on directing. But yeah, Bohemian guy, Rhapsody's own. I would say if they do, if we do this, you know, sequel in the future route, you, we cannot have a place for Clark Duke because that guy, in my oh, opinion, oh, is wow. the worst. Wow. I really, really hate Shots that guy. Fired. I actually enjoy Clark Duke. You do. I do. I enjoy I might all this out if you want. Um, <laughs> just don't no, like him. I, I, I like uh, maybe it's because I love The Office, but he was in um, he used to do years That's and years ago. Was. He used to do a show called uh, 
was it Michael and Clark or Clark and Michael? It's like a web. I series. thought you were gonna say Greek, mm-hmm. and I was gonna be like, oh no, 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 no. this is pre Greek. It was no, no, no. <laughs> it was him and Michael Sarah, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, mm. and it's it was kind of fun, but yeah. Let me see here, Clark and Michael. That's interesting. That yeah. okay, that might be something worth checking out. I don't know if you could even find it anywhere. I just have vivid memories of it. Um, but yeah, okay, so. Okay. Anyways. Let's 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 transition over to Mike because I think Mike has a bit of a controversial choice. Um, I do. Yeah, okay. yeah, because I think <laughs> I think you were playing hard and fast with our rules a little bit, but we'll get well, to that. We'll get to that. You can't fault me for calling you on a technicality here because one okay. has nothing to do with the other. So well, I picked the Mummy series with Brendan Fraser um, as the star, and he was kind of getting on me about the Tom Cruise movie that came out, but it has nothing to do with the mummy series that came before it. So really, All right. I, I think you're, I think you're off base here. Whatever. Honestly, honestly, time has kind of erased the Tom Cruise mummy. <laughs> I mean, so it's universal quite- sure hope so, because yes. they put a lot of money into that. And boy, did that cinematic universe flame out quickly. Wow. What an airplane scene, huh, guys? I'm really <laughs> glad they did that. Um, okay. So let's get back to uh, Indiana Jones meets uh, Universal Monsters, aka yeah, Mummy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so tell us, tell us why you chose Mummy and where you want it to go. Well, I chose the Mummy because uh, one, Brendan Fraser's having one hell of a comeback right now. Uh, people love him, and it's a good time to kind of pounce on it. And I do really, genuinely like the first two movies, The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. That said, the CGI in them has not aged well. It looks like hot garbage, but. <laughs> the stuff that they did practically and the movies as a whole, you know, hold together fairly well. Yeah. So I, I would so, do... clarify this with me. Cause I wasn't a huge fan of the movies. <clears throat> um, <throat> so you had mummy, you had mummy returns. And then yep. was it Scorpion King was a prequel. Scorpion King was a prequel, but Scorpion uh, King did show up in mummy returns. Yes. Uh, he did. Yes. Okay. And then <laughs> well, after that, there was oh, nothing. He did. <laughs> terribly. So yes. Okay. Um, and then, no, there was uh, one more, uh, I think it was Tomb of the Dragon Emperor with Jet Li. Correct. And they uh, yes. recast Rachel Weiss's character, which I didn't even rewatch to to look at this. Interesting. Uh, okay. All right. So when was that, <laughs> that by the way? The Tomb That was one. 2008. So the last, so we're talking 13 years ago. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. And so what are you very, doing to it? Bad. Um, I did rewatch the first two this week. And like I said, I do feel like they hold up with this one. I wouldn't necessarily do like a full on reboot. I would do like the reboot quills that are very much um, more in fashion these days, uh, I suppose you'd say. But mine would follow very much like the same family. The O'Connells are the heart of the first two movies. That would be Brennan Fraser and Rachel Weiss's character. Is Shia LaBeouf going to be the long lost son? Oh, that would be a good pick. No one. Um, <laughs> no. So uh, mine is called The Mummy and the Book of the Underworld. Oh my God, so, that's great. You, you have me already. Yes. Basically the first two movies very much involve the Book of the Dead and the Book of Life. Uh, And there's in mind a a third elusive book that no one has heard of called the book of the underworld. Um, So Rick, Brendan Fraser's character, he's grown older, he's lost a step and he and Evie are brought a prophecy by a messenger 
because of their history with the the book of the life and the book of the dead and the prophecy basically says that uh, every mummy buried in ancient egypt is going to be raised from the dead and allow osiris the god of the underworld to cross over and reign from over like an apocalyptic earth evie is you know they're kind of partially retired it that their adventuring days are behind them so she's not really all in so she kind of like there's no telling when the prophecy is going to take place but rick decides in an attempt to kind of prove that he's still got it to kind of take a job leading uh, an american expedition trying to uncover the book that could hold the key to stopping the prophecy which is the book of the underworld and rick is mysteriously killed in the expedition how so soon into the movie i would say first act wait wait, wait. so you're killing brendan fraser first act hold it on hold on with me hold okay. on okay all right <laughs> So at Audience this point, groans. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's the it's definitely the first act shocker. Okay. Um. So at this point, Alex, Rick, and Evie's son, who uh would be all grown up at this point. I'm oh, shut have... up! I think I know where you're going. I'm sorry. I think I know where you're going, but keep going because I'm getting yes. excited. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, he I would have uh, Will Poulter be playing him of because course. he's British oh. and he gets to do his his British accent. Yeah. Very charming, and obviously Marvel likes him. I was just watching him in Dope Sick. My wife was finishing the show. Yep. Ooh. Yep. So he's all grown up. He's become an, an adventurer, I guess you'd call him, in his own right. He decides to track down the Book of the Dead again to raise his father from the dead. So this time, with heavy guilt, you know, Evie decides to tag along. They're joined by Jonathan, Evie's brother. That's kind of the bumbling moron of the family, played by John Hanna in the other movies. Um, and they have this kind of globe-trotting adventure that you know, finds them uncovering that the Magi, I don't know if you remember the movies too well, but they're like the the black cloaked figures that guard uh, Hamanoptera and all that stuff that are led by uh, Oded Fair's character. Uh, Art oh, yeah. Day, I think it is. So they've taken possession of the book and, you know, they, they want to protect it. They don't want it to get out again. And they refuse to allow Alex and Evie to take the books. So there's like this elaborate Book of the Dead heist in the middle of the movie at the Magi headquarters. And they get the book. They take it back to Rick's body and they bring him back from the dead. Yes. Yes. Is he evil Superman at this point? No, he is not evil Superman. Rick is happy to see everybody. um, But he is kind of upset that they brought him back because he found the Book of the Underworld. He used it to speak with Osiris, the god of the underworld, to make a bargain to delay his coming, basically. So, which would have been very soon, he found out. So the bargain was that Rick would be Osiris's servant in the underworld, basically. Um, But now that he's, you know, back, Osiris begins to raise the dead. Uh, in Egypt and paving the way for his coming. So all this stuff is, you know, happening um, in Egypt. And and, uh, Rick also has figured out that if the book of life, the book of the dead and the book of the underworld are all destroyed together, it would create a barrier um, between the underworld and earth. So it's a battle with, you know, raised mummies and the O'Connells to gather and destroy the books, which they do. And they free the earth from the prophecy of Osiris, basically. So are you setting up a new franchise with Will Poulter? Hold, please. Okay. 
But we find out at the end that Rick has not lost his connection to Osiris um, and that they have a conversation and the God of the Underworld basically says he has another way to rise again, paving the way for an inevitable sequel with, uh, you know, more Will Poulter, more more Brendan Fraser, more Rachel Weisz, all of them. Interesting. Okay. Who directs? Love it. Joe Johnston. Ah. Yes, yes, that's great. Oh, great. <laughs> Captain America, First Avenger, Rocketeers, Joe Johnston. I, I want this movie right now, right so, at this moment. What, fill me in. I forget the name of the director who did the first two, or at least I the first one. I believe it was Steven Summers. Yes, it was, because he did He did Van Helsing, yeah? Yes, he did Van Helsing. He did the first G.I. Joe movie, I believe he did. Yeah, oh, terrible, God. terrible yeah. movie. Not a great track record. No, and, and when you mentioned the CGI, I remember thinking, like, it's that that director has always done terrible CGI in his movies. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's a marked improvement to have uh, Joe Johnston. <laughs> can, can we at least have, can there please, and I beg you, can there be a scene involving a giant face in sand <laughs> I don't know why, but though, like, even when it showed up briefly in the second movie, I I loved. It was actually water in faces. the second movie. Was it? Yeah, okay. he did this face in water instead. Oh, uh, okay. I yeah. thought it showed up when the the thing was collapsing at the end or something. There was maybe it did. Who I knows? don't know, but I just yeah, the scene where he's firing a the, the gun at the the sand face really got oh, me excited as a sixteen yeah, year old suburbanite. Um, <laughs> But I love it. Oh man, this is this sounds great. Are you Honestly, gonna are you gonna do a new dark universe? Oh yeah. Oh no, this has nothing to do okay. with Universal's Tom Cruise bullshit. Okay. Um, well, no, but just you know, no more monsters. We're not spinning this off. This is just Will Poulter is gonna carry the torch uh in potential future movies. I love that Absolutely. choice. Will Poulter. That's yeah, yeah, that's inspired. I like it. And he finally gets to be British. Yay. <laughs> I don't know if that might be one of those things where it like blows people's minds. Like Charlie Hunnam is another one of those actors when people That's like true. find out he's British. They're like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. Will Poulter. I, I love because he just got cast as uh, Adam Warlock for Guardians 3. And people are doing that side by side with him and We're the Millers. With it's like his crazy. It is nuts. But also it's like, well, that's what, you know, growing up does. So no, yeah. but like his his jaw has done some things that do not happen to most people. I don't know. Are you accusing him of uh, jaw implants? It is remarkable. <laughs> he is a good looking man these days. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not the uh, the nerdy virgin from We're the Millers. That's for sure. No, he is not. No. Um, I can just picture him in the desert, like all like, you know. Yeah. I, I was about calm to calm down, all, Brian. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna stop picturing myself. him in the court and listening, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say listening. Listening with sweat. Okay, does great. He, does he have an OnlyFans? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think Will Poulter might be big enough to uh, to skip the OnlyFans. Okay. Come God back, damn. Will. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So any any final thoughts on on your mummy thing? I think it's good and we're 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 ready for it. I think yeah. you're right though. I think Brendan Fraser's having a moment a moment and yeah, you know, more power to him. Tap okay. into that and with Joe Johnston. Oh, dude, great. What has Joe Johnston done lately? Um, he was gonna do another uh, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe. Yes, that was it. 
Really? Yeah. And they I can't let Narnia go, huh? He's tapped to do uh, the the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, sequel, but that's in, the TV show. The mm-hmm. it's the one with jo- uh, Josh Gad. Yeah, Shrunk. Shrunk. Yes, but who knows? So yeah, just get it, get that guy back, get him yeah. back doing stuff. Yeah, it's a bummer because you would think like First Avenger would have set him up for another run of like big movies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he does before his time. His- his uh, period pieces around that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're uh, you know wheelhouse is 40s 50s action movies, it's a tough sell in 2021. <laughs> I was just looking him up and I was like, whoa, he was in the military. Nope, that's a different a different Joe Johnson who died in 1891. <laughs> I don't know if we can trust you to do any of your Wikipedia Google <laughs> searches if you have that sort of information. No, that's amazing. Okay, so anyway, so let's let's let's. Let's talk my pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, yes, let's. <laughs> I have a uh, a reboot cool that I think uh, has once again stumped my co-hosts and will make me look even more insane than previous episodes. Um, because I'll, here, I'll tell you how I got to this. Originally, I was going to pick Starship Troopers, all ready to pick my Adam McKay directed Starship Troopers reboot. Adam McKay. Wow. Yep. Yeah, leaning into the 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 political commentary, and then Damn. motherfuckers released 2017's Starship Troopers four or something, and I am a stickler for rules, so I was like, okay, got to pick something else. That's barely a movie, though. Come it on. is a real movie. So was Casper Van Dien in it? Was Casper? I, I don't know. I didn't even know it existed until you know. Very, very recently, unfortunately. Um, so I can't pick Starship Troopers. So naturally, I had to go to uh, to its spiritual successor, Crank. <laughs> yep, that silence says it all. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for those that don't know, Crank and its sequel, Crank High Voltage, uh, were released in 2006 and 2009, respectively, I believe. And uh, the basic premise is... Uh, Chev Chelios, played by Jason Statham, is uh, kind of this badass uh, criminal enforcer guy who kind of finds himself on the wrong side of uh, some uh, like mob bosses. It's hard to even say what <laughs> what they are exactly. Just bad dudes, gang leaders, stuff like that. In the first movie, he's injected with a um, uh, a poison or a toxin. That means that it's going to uh, slow down his adrenaline, therefore eventually slowing down his heart and him dying. So what does he do? He has to do wild and crazy shit just to keep his adrenaline going, kind of like speed, but in a guy's heart. High Voltage, the sequel, uh, finds Chev Chelios surviving miraculously this uh, dying heart situation, only to find out he survived a fucking fall out of a helicopter that's yes. true that's true he <laughs> fell he fell out of a helicopter landed on his on the roof of a car on his back rolled over into the road and was saved um but wouldn't you know it chev chelios gets abducted by uh bad guys again and they take his heart out and replace it with a uh a machine heart kind of almost from uh the the uh like the Yamaha heart from RoboCop. <laughs> yes. If you guys like remember a, that. A, a fake heart that they put in for, you know, uh, heart replacements. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got like an external battery. And basically, um, you know, he has one hour to this, uh this poor man <laughs> to yeah to to find his heart and bring it back to his uh underworld doctor guy played wonderfully by Dwight Yoakam. Oh man to uh who says if you bring back my heart there's a good chance I can put it back in your body. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's that type of doctor. Anyway, uh Chef Chelios decides well I'm going to get my heart back. Unfortunately, he has to take longer than an hour so he has to keep charging his mechanical heart so he goes and he uh at one point hooks up um uh to a car battery through his nipple in his tongue to uh to recharge he takes on cops to get tased to recharge um there's the wonderful scene where he uh confronts mater james keenan of tool fame um who is training his dog with a uh an electric dog collar and then puts that on himself and and gets Maynard James Keenan to electrocute his neck um it is a without you know mincing words a completely batshit movie the whole franchise is completely batshit it devolves high voltage devolves into a climax where uh Chef Chelios grabs a hold of like one of those uh industrial like what are they like electrical transformer type things yeah on the and, top of electrical poles yeah yeah and he uh electrocutes himself so much that he hallucinates himself being a kaiju and uh fighting another bad guy kaiju um and destroying a very cardboard foam town it is beautiful um all of this brought to you by the crazy minds of uh, Neville Dean and Taylor, who would then go on to two years later direct. Well, actually, the same year, 2009, direct Gamer, another movie, which I hope I could talk about in a future podcast. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yep. And then uh, 2011's uh, Ghostwriter Spirit of Vengeance, which does include uh, Nicolas Cage as Ghostwriter peeing fire. And then after two thousand, and then after two thousand eleven, Neville Dean and Taylor kind of broke up, and they've gone their separate ways, directing uh, movies since then. But I, so okay, all that to say, how why do I want Crank to exist again? I love this franchise. Full stop. <laughs> I think it's incredible. Um, it is like Looney Tunes meets um, ultra violent action movies with a like seventies exploitation vibe where just nothing is off limits. You can have just completely insane, um, offensive stuff that is just, it's almost like, you know how Ryan Reynolds delivers quips at like a mile a minute in Deadpool? It's like that, but with offensive things. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Okay, so um, before we get to your opinion on this, I want to quickly pitch my, my, uh, my yes. reboot cool, because we're going... We're going full reboot cool for this. Um, I bring to you guys Crank 3 Brain Dead. Oh boy. Yep. I like in, the name. Yep. In Brain Dead, uh, a mob boss wants to get revenge on his rival by attempting to kill the rival's teenage daughter. So what does he do? He finds Chef Chelios, who is uh, since high voltage gone off and, and lived with his um, girlfriend turned stripper turned now wife, um, Eve. Uh, just trying to live their best life, you know? It's been 10 years since, you know, the whole heart thing. He's doing okay. He's out of that life, but he gets kidnapped and he wakes up in a dingy doctor's lab um, or scientist lab 
where he gets up, he's, he feels funny, he goes to a mirror, and what does he see? He finds his, himself in the body of a teenage girl played by Maisie Williams. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. How did this happen? Well, what you then find is that the girl's body was stolen from a hospital where she was brain dead after a traffic accident. Oh. And they took his brain from Chev Chelios's body and put it in Maisie Williams' body. So now you have Jason Statham's uh, offensive, horrible mouth inside the body of little teenage Maisie Williams. <laughs> so he's told because you have to have a timeline and all that or a, a time limit. He's told he has 12 hours to kill the uh, the rival girl's daughter who's in high school or his uh, Jason Statham body is going to die and he'll be stuck as Maisie Williams forever. Um, I got inspired by face off, but with brains. Yeah, very much. <laughs> so uh, why Maisie Williams? I think she's awesome. She can do funny. She can do action. And she's she always looks like perpetually 12, even though she's in her 20s. So That's we can get true. away with her cursing and saying and doing horrible shit, um, but still looking very young because that's very important. The movie's basically crank, but in a modern high school. Um, his target's the most popular girl played by Zendaya. Um <laughs> And in order to kill her, he has to befriend uh, the only person who will give this crazy Maisie Williams uh, the time of day, which is the uptight nerd girl um, who's played by Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. I'm bringing down the careers of everybody, by the way. Oh, boy. I did uh, consider Millie Bobby Brown for Hit Girl, by the way. She, it, yeah. So. Yeah. I think she's ready to, to move into darker material. Yes, uh, I will agree. <laughs> so this is where things get interesting. So basically, I'm not going to I can't possibly pitch a full story and or scenes because I think whatever I pick would be a uh, a very bad version of what would happen only because they would think of Neville Dean and Taylor would think of something completely even more batshit. Um, so you're saying that Neville Dean and Taylor have to come back. For oh, this of story. course. This is their baby. Okay. Um, I would, I would pay them a hundred million dollars to make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, this is where things get interesting. So basically you have M Maisie Williams with the brain of, and, and mouth of Jason Statham, basically um, on a mission against the clock to fix this brain switcheroo. And along the way, he's saying all the offensive stuff. He's killing loads of people, teenagers in a high school. And he's doing all this heinous stuff as Maisie Williams because he doesn't care. He doesn't have to be Chef Chelios. He can be this horrible girl. But then you have Millie Bobby Brown looking right there saying, you're offensive. You can't do this. It's 2021. You got to change your ways. We don't you can't get away with that shit. Um, but he just blames it on being British. Um, <laughs> and the ending's up in the air uh, part of me wants to see Statham's uh, brain get stuck in Maisie Williams for future sequels but you know who knows maybe it just goes back into Statham and we pick another predicament um, oh that's but, when you fake everybody out you, he thinks it's going out of her into him but it goes into somebody else right right and then we oh, can do yes, just a yes. brain searcheroo but okay so so why all of this um, I want to put crank in 2021 because i want it to because even in when the second one came out in 2009 the reviews are are terrible because people are like this is offensive he anally rapes a guy with a shotgun like it's nuts what if that movie came out in 2021 people would lose their shit so Oh, my God. I, I don't know if movies get canceled, but I think that might have a chance. <laughs> right. So I want this to, to be kind of a commentary on 
the franchise's biggest criticisms while also being a commentary on Gen Z. So you have <laughs> Jason Statham doing all this horrible shit and Gen Zers being like, what the hell are you doing? You can't get away with this. And then it's also fun and ridiculous that serves kind of a flip side, like a, an other side of the coin to like those John Wick super serious action films that we're getting like all the time nowadays. Because if you watch the Crank movies, the, the choreography isn't that great. The action isn't like, you know, mind blowing, but it's always hilarious and always weird and crazy. And I think we need more of that in our action movies. Wow. I, I mean, the, these, it's funny, it's funny you say that because, yeah, these, these films definitely are, are of their time. And yeah, I, I, I can still remember when we were getting movies like that on a, at a regular, regular clip. And I'd like to see that again. I would. I think to be fair, there aren't very many movies like Crank. No, there aren't. But I think about like the hardcore Henry's and like, you know, right. Just, right. There, there was a period where we had like this, it's, I don't know, like almost this very frantic style. Uh, I mean, like experimental action. Almost. Ex that's a, a that sums it up perfectly because i think action. i think i think the crank movies get a bad rap because they are offensive and they're they're ridiculous like there's the the plot lines i mean one of the movies ends with uh a guy's head um kind of directing things uh the bad guy is revealed to be a floating head in embalming liquid um they're it's, ridiculous it's, enough to work. Right. You know? It's like a cartoon. But but the other yes. thing is technically you had Neville Dean and Taylor who were using um, basically consumer grade video cameras um, to film these because they wanted things that could be broken. They were like doing shots on rollerblades. Like it's nuts. Um, so I, I want to see more of that. This is like a Danny Boyle, like early Danny <laughs> Boyle, like train spotting level of energy. But in this very bizarre universe right. um so yeah i'm I, I like the casting a lot can i tell you <laughs> I, I, I do like the casting a lot it's, it's great casting i was i was struggling to find out who we could ruin their career um because like <laughs> Maisie williams i think is is old enough she could get away with it and um, yeah. but I was originally thinking Millie Bobby Brown for that character. And then I'm like, there's no way in hell Millie Bobby Brown's going to do the shit I need her to do in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to reveal my bias here, guys. Okay. Oh, I don't like Neville Dean and Taylor. I know. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 they are an acquired taste for sure. No, it's not even that. I like the concept <laughs> of a lot of their movies, no. <laughs> but the execution of their movies is always terrible. Like, even these movies look like they were shot on an iPhone and they just look shitty. They all, well, they like, were, they weren't shot on yeah. iPhones, but they were shot on cameras. You could go to Best Buy and buy. Exactly. Sure. And they looked like it and it takes you out of the movie. At least for me, it was just like, I feel like I'm watching a low grade porn, but you know, there's no <laughs> porn here except for maybe one shot scene in the middle of. Oh movie. no, there are, there are a bunch of pornographic actors. There's um, certainly that. <laughs> and, 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 you know, some of the reviews of high voltage, which are, I was perusing do compare it to porn. Um, yeah. It doesn't call, have porn in it. Though. Yeah. I called it new metal, the movie or Jinko. Oh, yes. You, you, uh, you're not deterring me at all. You're selling no, it even I, more. I know. I know. It, it, 
I I like the idea of them. I just a lot of the execution is very cringy for me. They are I, purposely like racist, homophobic, yes. uh, offensive on yes. every level. That's true. And I get that they're trying to go there. It just it it doesn't feel right. like a lot of it i like the cartooniness of it and i like jason statham he's having a ball isn't he he manages to to hold it together but the the neville dean and taylorness of it just kind of wrecks most of their movies for me yeah i get that i see and, and we really should talk about gamer eventually because i think uh i think ghostwriter is the worst of their movies Another batshit movie. Right. But it's like a polished version. It's like a neutered version. But I think, it also looks like it was shot on cheap cameras. and Right. But I think I think Crank is like pure, unadulterated Neville Dean and Taylor. And I love it for that. I love <laughs> that this is a B movie that somehow got like $25 million to be made by Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. And these guys were like, we're going to use every penny and we're going to do the craziest shit. And nothing is off limits. And I just, I, I love that sort of like, just like experimental uh, creativity. Yeah. How about you give it to people who won't shoot it on shitty cameras no. and make it look like they don't know what they're doing? It's, it, no. If you gave it to David <laughs> Leach, right? And I'm not even saying him. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, for example, it suddenly loses all the charm. Suddenly it's just every other action movie with jokes. No. This is it needs to be punk rock. And part of it has to be that sort of like DIY look. OK, I can, I can feel that. Yeah, I, I I can't defend the jokes. I can't defend the yeah, there's a lot of messed up shit. That's yeah, there's the, the movie you watch it. You're like, OK, but it's it's it was, I think, purposefully done that way. Like you said, like they lean into it. They're like, we just want to shock people. And that could be a little like edge lordy nowadays. I get that. But I think if they were to make another one, I would hope that they would do it as a sort of satire. Um, because I think that is the only parts of the movie that uh, I think fall flat for a lot of people are the the moments where clearly they're, they're kind of, you know, joking around and being tongue in cheek and people are just like, wow, did we really need Jason Statham shoving a shotgun up a guy's butt? Like, you know. It, yeah, or bailing everything. Or a borderline she says. rape scene in the middle of the first one. You know, just no big deal. Uh, or <laughs> the the grinding. Are you talking the? Well, no. So in the second one, he also has to charge his heart through static electricity. Yeah. Um, there's a funny scene of him rubbing, literally rubbing elbows with Chester Bennington, R.I.P. And um, in both then, movies, by the way. Yeah, and then there's the whole like him grinding on an older lady. Um who then says that he treated her like a whore, um, which is completely offensive and terrible, but I think is, is also kind of funny. I don't know. I don't know that Neville Dean and Taylor, I think you're giving them a lot of credit as far as how smart they are, as far as the satire of it. I don't know that there's much satire there. I think there is. I really do. Uh, because you got to look at what they've done since. Um, yeah. and, and for Brian Taylor, I point to mom and dad which is uh, a Nicolas Cage movie that's incredibly underrated. It's pre-Mandy and it's a really good, wild sort of uh, thriller. And then you have Does Neville it look Dean. Like who... hot garbage. What? Does it look like hot garbage? No, no, no. They, they, 
he i mean it is still kind of stylized and all that which is okay. you know whatever but it's yeah it's not as handheld as um crank okay right. and then you have uh uh neville dean went on to do the vatican tapes in 2015 um which is kind of an underrated uh like thriller a as footage well. movie right yeah um i think these guys are clever um i i think they are just one of those sorts of uh duos the they're they're just artists that are very diy and they're kind of like in what they enjoy <laughs> mm. and they bring that out in their movies because they were like yeah we could use expensive cameras but we'd rather just use you know best buy cameras and oh man you like guys that. have made me shit on a whole family here he's married to allison loman i know happens to be I the know. lead of drag me to hell yep <laughs> yep i saw that earlier i wasn't gonna bring it up um but you did shit on allison loman and <sighs> um they have three kids hey, i'm sure hey, beautiful kids let's let's be real here i didn't like either of those <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i i think that crank while controversial i think crank 3 brain dead is a fun um sort of almost like freaky-esque uh uh reinvention of the franchise and i think uh if if my my thought is correct the neville dean taylor they have it in them to to really crank up the satire and to and, crank up the satire. oh i didn't even yes uh <laughs> then i think that they could put this put to bed all those criticisms and and really kind of have their magnum opus and that's what I'm hoping for. I've been looking at crank fan posters for the past few minutes, oh, and there are some really interesting ones. There's one with fan posters. Yeah, there's one with a heart that's kind of interesting. And then there's one called someone made a fan poster for the second one, but it's really like like it's like a drawing. I don't know. I'm trying to ooh, this one's interesting. Um crank fan casting. Um <laughs> Jeez, uh, geez. Brian went down the crank a rabbit hole here. Yeah. I yeah. We're gonna let Brian crank one out, and then oh uh, boy, we'll come yes. right back. <laughs> um. So yeah, any any final thoughts? Because I I've kind of said my piece on on crank. Mike says said my his piece. yeah. My only request is that Neville Dean and Taylor stay far away from it, and you let someone else direct it. <laughs> okay, so who directs it? Uh, even the the freaky pre, the people that did freaky give it to them give it to the guy the, the happy death day guy yeah give it to i mean the, he's great i love happy death day i just mm -hmm. i just i honestly don't think that even it would work that way okay i mean i i just that they rubbed me the wrong way so i'd give it to anyone over them to be you want to know you want to know my 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 b plot or like my my b pitch that i was really gonna throw at you guys and and but i didn't like it very much or I couldn't come up with, I couldn't land it basically. Okay. Uh, crank means the purge, the, the oh, merging, boy. the merging of my two favorite franchises. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and, there, and there we are. <laughs> because I thought the commentary could be, because uh, could, could, those are, are both uh, franchises that I think get wrongly shit on because of uh, people who you know, misunderstand the politics. Statham just cranking his way through a purge wasteland. Oh my God. Wouldn't it be incredible? It would be pretty funny. <sighs> chef's kiss let's <laughs> let's make this happen blumhouse um directed by neville dean and taylor though Ugh, now sorry. sorry 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 <laughs> um brian any thoughts on crank 
are you lost down the the fan rabbit hole? Uh, still looking at fan posters. Well, let me minimize this window here. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I think I I'd be down for it. I think it's been long enough that that we are, you know, deserving of, of another trip into this. Because I think for me also, I want to say this that I hadn't seen the transporter or Italian job before I saw before I saw crank so this crank really that was, was your introduction first, to statham that was my introduction <laughs> to statham and i remember just being immediately taken by by just who the hell is this guy like i think i might have known who he was but but like this is my introduction to this guy like okay now i now i can see where <laughs> where his career is is going to go um and it, and it has gone in that direction but you ready for my transporter hot take oh boy the movies get better each subsequent transport. I oh, wonder if boy. they will. That's hmm. I I can't really defend any of the sequels to be oh, honest. Dude. That that that's I'm not gonna disagree with that. That's, no, no, those well, are uh, well, uh, another you know trip behind the curtain. Transporter was one of my franchises where I almost pitched. <laughs> <laughs> I have a soft spot well. in my heart, clearly for J- Jason Statham, but also just ludicrous. Uh, over the top action movies. Yeah. Maybe we could right. go all the way back to the one with Jet Lee and Jason Statham. Yes. That'd Love Jet Lee. Love Jet Lee. Uh sorry, Brian. I was I was uh no no no. That was I was done. And with that, I think we can put this whole episode to bed. Good job, um, guys. Once again, I don't believe Hollywood's gonna be uh knocking on our doors. Um no, no. once again, I think Mike really did pitch the best one. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's for the Mummy, which uh, hey, it is a great series. Really it's is. it's fine, just clearly, uh, you know, that type of movie just isn't being made anymore. Um, exactly. Unfortunately, we need them. Yeah, and uh, I don't see a Kickass three. Unfortunately, I know. Um, yeah, that ship has sailed. I think. Yeah. Uh, crazier things have happened. Like Kickass two actually happened. So who knew? Um, and and I I know Crank is dead. I get that. <laughs> but you know, a boy can dream. Uh so yeah, thank you boys for uh shooting the shit with me once again, mm-hmm. talking, uh entertaining me uh in my crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll be back next time with with more who knows what. <laughs> <laughs>